Hi, this is Afia Lethem from Kingdom Beads, and we are proud to be a sponsor of Ramsey Unleashed, Going Beyond Borders on heartsonglive.co.uk. And welcome to Ramsey Unleashed, Going Beyond Borders. It's another Saturday, it's another episode, and uh, yeah, the world football's on, actually. I was watching the end of the second half of the Uruguay-Portugal game. Uh, as you know, football fever is, it's not been, it's been a hit or miss World Cup so far. I don't know what your thoughts are in that, when you've been watching it or not watching it, or you're just kind of being that busy. Uh, maybe you're just not into football at all, or for if you're in America, it's soccer. Um, but yeah, we've got a great guest on tonight's show. Great guest, this man is faster than The Flash. He... <laughs> He's <laughs> trying not to laugh in the background as I do this introduction. He's faster than Flash. He certainly gets about. He was he turned down the, the position of remake of Austin Powers because he said he wanted to be Austin Powers. He said, nah, you can't do that. So he turned it down. He is the man himself. He has a big V6 engine, but we'll uh, talk about that later in the show. And um, the man... It certainly gets around, and he has the. Let's just say this man's got a big heart and big wheels. But we'll, uh, <laughs> we welcome the man, Winston Ben Clements, to Heart Song Live. Ramsey Unleashed, going beyond borders. Welcome and thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on your show, Ramsey, and thanks for the um, interesting introduction. Yes. You are the man, you know, you are the man. <laughs> Thank you. I'm I'm honoured. I'm honoured to, well, to get that kind of feedback from a great man such as yourself, Ramsey. Well, uh, you can also call me Fraser if you want, wherever you feel, wherever, either way, either, either way, either way. But yeah, so Winston, um, just to, for those who maybe have seen Winston or know him or haven't heard his stuff, he was born with a brittle bone disease and he's going to talk about his life growing up in with brittle bone disease and the, the aspects of obviously with, uh, when you're a child when you're playing with other, other kids and the what's happened to him and also how he's come through it and how it's uh, things that, how it's affected him in some ways and maybe not affected him in other ways and we're just going to get an insight to what it's like with somebody having a disability but not letting that beat him so tell us a bit about your life with brittle bone Winston <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so like you said, I was born with this condition and a brittle bone disease. Uh, there's a scientific name as well for it for, for anyone who likes the extra info. It's called osteogenesis imperfecta. And uh, yeah, like uh, Frazier suggested, you know, the main symptoms are bones that break quite easily and also uh, bone development issues as well. So for anyone who's met me, and we've actually not met face-to-face, Frazier, but you see my images and my videos, and you'll notice that I'm a bit smaller than the average adult. So I would say I'm probably the size of uh, maybe six-year-old, uh, about four feet tall. Right. Um, and that's because of um, how, uh, how the condition impacts the way my bones grow. And um, 
I guess just to touch on a bit about childhood, um, to be honest, I didn't really know for a long time that there was anything wrong with me because I was brought up in a family who made me believe that, you know, I was pretty much normal, pretty much like every other kid. Um, I mean, of course I knew that I, I had some health issues, but when I was at home, I was never given any special treatment or wrapped up in cotton wool. And actually, it wasn't until I went to school and all of a sudden I was in a new environment with new kids, new teachers, and basically a bunch of people who'd never seen me or worked with me before. And then I started to notice that their, their reaction to me was a little bit different. And, you know, for the kids, they didn't want to approach me at first because I guess they, many of them hadn't seen anybody who looked like me. And I guess from the teachers as well, they didn't really know um, what I could do, what I couldn't do. So they just preferred to wrap me in cotton wool most of the time and didn't really uh, allow me to participate in some of the crazy stuff which the other kids were doing, which is probably a good thing uh, because it protected me somewhat. But at the same time, it left me feeling a little bit left out um, in some ways because I wasn't uh, as involved. Okay. So by feeling left out, I mean, did you, was there any sports you did do or any stuff you could do without obviously in the situation, if you did do them, you'd well, the risk of breaking a bone basically. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just because the teacher said that I couldn't do it, it didn't mean that I actually listened to them all of the time. So, you know, I still, I still tried my best to, to sort of participate in in any way that I could. I remember, uh, for example, during football um, practice at PE. Um, obviously, I couldn't play football, but I wanted to be in there as the referee, for example. Okay. <laughs> so I'd be in there in my wheelchair amongst all of these kids running around, kicking balls at me and, you know, all, all kinds of things. And because that's the kind of person I was. I mean, for me, um, and, and still am, I'm not the kind of person who likes to sit on the sideline. I want to I wanna get involved. And, um, and yes, this did kind of cause me to... Um, to sort of have some incidents and some injuries which I could have avoided if maybe I played it safe and, you know, didn't participate. But for me, I feel like it's, those injuries were almost worth it because, you know, I got to enjoy myself and I got to bond with, with my friends and perhaps not feel as isolated as I would have done. I suppose by being being part of that and taking the risk, it gave you that people could accept you with the condition you have rather than being on the sidelines and not having to deal with it and thinking and maybe trying and treating you with kid gloves rather than just letting you get on with it. Yeah, correct. And, I mean, I remember after my first day of school, just going back a bit, um, so I went home and because I hadn't really made any friends that day, I said to my parents, uh, you know, mom, dad, I don't think I want to go back to school mm -hmm. because I don't feel like, you know, I'm going to be able to make friends there because initially the other kids were not comfortable with approaching me. And, you know, what my parents advised me was to just go and get involved in any way that I could and, you know, show all the other kids, you know, that I was just the same as them. I had a sense of humor. I know how to make friends. 
I'm intelligent. And so I just took on that mindset of getting involved from a young age. And to be honest, I think that served me well, even growing up into adulthood. I've never felt the need to to ask for special treatment or, you know, or to not want to be involved in something if, if, if it's something that I wanted to do. Okay. So you, uh, I was watching some of your videos, uh, this TED Talk thing. I mean, you've not really, you're telling us a few of your stories um, that you've kind of, you've bared the pain. You've just worked, you've broken, because you've you broken a bone, but you didn't want to... You didn't want to just sort of write, okay, I hospital. No, you just bear, you just went to class. You bared the pain. Mm. Talk about that wee situation because obviously breaking a bone is not going to be like t- tickling you a feather duster, but it's obviously going to be quite <laughs> painful. <laughs> so here's Winston with his rucksack full of paracetamol and ibuprofen. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And and I think with that situation, it was almost um, again because. I don't know if you've ever broken a bone, Fraser. Thankfully, I haven't. I've actually, I've never actually broken something. I've probably fractured my jaw very slightly, but that's how it's going. <laughs> I was, I've never actually physically broken anything. I've had operations, but never actually broken anything. Mm, mm, really not mm. thing. Yeah. So, yeah. To to describe it, I, I, I would say it's one of the most uh, painful things you can experience, and and then also it's quite frustrating as well mm-hmm. and maybe some of your listeners can relate if they've been through uh, a fracture uh, because you're not able to do much for yourself initially so if you break i don't know an arm or a leg you know moving around and you know even basic things like feeding yourself taking yourself to the bathroom they become uh, tasks where you need to rely on somebody else right. to help you and in in many ways, that's even more frustrating than the physical pain because you just you just want your independence, or at least I did. And um, and then with that incident, so I was messing around with a friend of mine at school, um, as you mentioned, and I must have been about nine or ten years old, and somehow I ended up falling out of my wheelchair, and uh, and yeah, like you say, you know, instead of. Uh, you know, reporting it and asking to be rushed to hospital, I just decided to be quiet and, and go back to class the afternoon. And, you know, when I tell this story, people tend to be, uh, people tend to feel quite sad about it. And for me as well, uh, when, I, when I look back, I think it was quite a, a sad moment because I guess I, I, I thought for me it would be easier to bear the physical pain and enjoy a few more hours of school uh, because I knew that afterwards I was going to be facing, you know, this long recovery. Uh, it's going to be hospital. It's going to be surgery. It's going to be long periods of me away from school and away from my friends. And I wouldn't be able to get involved in all of those fun and crazy activities, which uh, which I like to do. And so, and so that afternoon I thought, you know what, I'm just going to kind of bear the pain um, and obviously by that point, I'd broken many bones before. It's not that it gets easier, but um, I guess if anyone was in a position to withstand uh, that kind of pain, it was me because I had a decent amount of experience from before. Did you ever, did, you know, when people say, what do you want to do when you grow up? Did you say, stuntman? <laughs> <laughs> you, you might have thought that I wanted to be a stuntman. So some of the things that I... I attempted, I just, yeah, just insane. Uh, just a lot of uh, injuries I've mentioned happened to me because, 
Yeah, I just I just want to sit on the sidelines and play safe. Yes, I want to be a stuntman for Jackie Chan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It could be like, uh, yeah, Rush Hour 5 or something. <laughs> I reckon I'd be a good fit for that. So. That'd be good. That'd be good. So, um, well, you've not... You're the kind of guy, you've obviously not let your having this disability stop you in any way, so... You've 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 obviously do, you've studied a lot. You've been to you've left school. You you you're because you do you're quite good at tech and all that. You've doing a lot of everything everything else in between. You've certainly gone on and done a lot of stuff studying, and you've been working on a, a decent job. So tell us the build up to this learning. I mean, when you you've obviously left school, you or whatever age you did leave school, and you've built yourself up to in a, in a really good job at the moment. So talk about that, that sort of that kind of period of your life. Yeah, well, so I, I went to school. I wouldn't say I've studied a lot all of the time, but I did go to school, and then I went to university afterwards. And when I got to uni, I I decided that I wanted to do computer science because. Uh, I guess it was just an easy option for me because I was already good at uh, computers and always liked gadgets, always liked um, geeky stuff like coding. So I thought it would just be an, 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 a natural fit for me. And um, and actually moving away from the, I guess, the, uh, what would you call it, like secondary education where everything is structured yeah. to university, which is, it's almost like you have to, to manage your own education at university. Yeah. No one's going to tell you, you know, you need to go to class or, you know, you basically have a lot of freedom uh, to succeed or otherwise. Um, that was quite interesting for me. And, um, and yeah, it, it, I made a lot of friends at uni, mm-hmm. uh, many of whom I still, I still keep in touch with. But I think that was an important experience for me because it kind of started to prepare me for for how life is in the real world because as you know Frazier the real world you haven't got a teacher or anybody telling you what you need to do you have to to manage to manage your own life uh, for yourself otherwise you you fall behind and you don't achieve the things that you're trying to achieve exactly <clears throat> so you talk, talk about you you once you finish uni you got yourself into a decent job. You've been studying, and you've kind of le- tell us a bit about your job, what you've been doing, and what you've been doing up until before you decided. But we'll come into that later. Uh, we'll I, I bet that I'm not going to say when you've uh, what you do now. But we'll come into that later <laughs> in the show. Uh, tell just talk a bit more about your school days. You're growing up just obviously after university. Talk, tell us a bit more about it. Uh, obviously, when you when you leave university, you probably got a job. Uh, tell us expand a bit on that. Not as a, not, not as a stuntman, I know that. <laughs> yeah, so I applied for many jobs as a stuntman, but yeah, because of my medical history, they decided that I probably wasn't the best fit. So in the end, I I got a job as an IT consultant. That was my first job. Although it did take me a few months to, to get my graduate job because uh, when I graduated, it was in 2009. Oh. And I don't know if you remember what was happening in the world, Frazier, around yeah. 2008, 2009. Uh, yeah, kind of roughly. Well, yeah. 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 yeah, it wasn't a good time for anybody looking for a job because of, you know, the big financial crisis. Yeah. 
And so, you know, it took me many months of lots of applications to actually uh, be presented in my first job. And, you know, for, for a long time, while I was applying, it did become quite frustrating and, um, you know, I started to think, did I study the wrong degree or is it because of my condition that I'm not getting jobs? Because up to that point, I hadn't really uh, worked, really. I hadn't really held down a serious job right. um, until after uni. Um, so, so yeah, I, I guess in my mind, I had assumed, you know, you go to university, you study a good degree, you graduate, and you get a job automatically. But I guess because of the timing of when I graduated or whatever other factors, it took me a lot longer than, than maybe it should have done. But, yes, in the end, I, I was happy with uh, with my first role. It was really intense, uh, working for a massive uh, global investment bank. So definitely got chucked in the deep end. I think it would have been a lot safer to do a stuntman's job than to, to, to do the kind of work that I was doing initially because it was quite a high-pressured environment. Uh, but I think that sort of set me up well and, you know, I finally was able to, I guess, exercise all of these theories and um, lessons that I learned at university. I was actually able to apply them in the real world to, to build software to solve you know, problems for customers instead of building software at university to pass an exam. So it just felt a lot more rewarding and and, and something that I enjoyed at that point. That's cool. Well, let's, um, we're going to have a bit of light up. So talk about your job. You're going to go to... When you're in your wheelchair, do you, you get these, all these old deers in the mobility scooters or you get these old, these kind of... People who are overweight on the mobility scooters, do you mm-hmm. just ride up beside them and say, "Hey, hey, hey, doll, um, <laughs> you want to say fat? You want to race?" <laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm really cheeky. I always say to my friends when we're out and about, one day I am gonna get a slap from somebody because <laughs> that's exactly the kind of thing I would do, um, especially when I was younger. I think I try to be a bit more mature now because mm. people people expect it of me, not because I want to yeah. be mature. Uh, but yeah, that's when I was younger. Typically, I'd be in a shopping center, and you know, if I see another scooter or a, a power chair, literally in my mind, I would just be thinking, <laughs> race, 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 and uh, <laughs> and it could probably be. <laughs> You can tune into Sky Sports and you can watch wheelchair drag racing with, uh, featuring Winston. Exactly. You don't need to watch. You don't need to get a, an expensive uh, Sky package to watch Formula One. You can just tune into me and uh, and watch me race. You know the local granny up and down uh, your local shopping centre. But yeah, I think I think things like that they kind of. Um, I don't know, they, they just kind of make me uh, just feel lighthearted and not to take my condition too seriously. And, you know, I've, I've, I'm one of those people who actually just gets approached everywhere I go. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always somebody who stops me and they just want to know about me. They want to know I've got a big smile on my face. You know, uh, they probably think I'm on something, but I'm not. I'm just <laughs> generally a happy guy. Um happy to be to be able to actually venture out and 
I'm doing things for myself because, Fraser, there are people who have even more challenging conditions than I have and are able to, and are not able to even do the things that I'm able to do. I was picturing you pulling up beside some some dear old dear who's just got her shopping and she's just sat in her wee mobility scooter. It's got a, bat, a, a couple of Duracell batteries in it just to keep, keep her going. <laughs> and here's, here's you pulling up saying, how big is your battery, love? How long does it last? <laughs> so yeah, that, that would probably, she'd probably pull out her walking stick and yeah, and give me a and give me a thorough beating. I have done. I have sort of pulled up to other people in scooters, and just, well, not necessarily to race them all the time, just, but even just pull up for a chat. That's good. So yeah, just literally pull up and say, "Hey, how's your day?" Because yeah. uh, one thing I notice is sometimes, as as a disabled person. You know, or if you're on a scooter, or just generally, if you look different, it doesn't even have to be a disability. Mm. Um, you know, you don't you, you don't get people approaching you to say hi, or you know, people tend to be cautious of you as opposed to uh, feeling that they could approach you. So, for me, when I see somebody who looks a little bit different, like I'm the kind of guy who. If I'm on a high street and there's, you know, a beggar or a homeless person, I'll just probably pull up next to them. I mean, they're probably hoping that I'm going to give them some cash, but to be honest, I'm just pulling up for a chat. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, just I, I just like bonding with people, Frazier. Because I think... networking. You, yeah, you can, you can learn something from everybody. Exactly. And I think I was on the phone to you the other day when yes. uh, a homeless guy approached me. Yeah. <laughs> and and just started like talking and stuff and saying he was really inspired just to see me um mm. out and about. I was at a train station in Birmingham, um, waiting to catch my train back to London and yeah, he just approached me and yeah, he just started chatting and, and literally that's typical of what happens when I'm out and about and I enjoy it. Uh, we're going to take a, a brief uh, break with some music from Rick Parma. Uh, he's a jazz artist in America. Uh, we're going to come back and talk to Winston regarding, um, obviously, the the issues that are going to approach with somebody with a disability is, especially if you're a man or a woman, is dating. That is a, a maybe you're in dating sites. <laughs> Don't laugh. <laughs> I'm serious here. Dating uh, issues of that scenario. Maybe want to meet somebody. Uh, the challenges you go through in your head. So we'll discuss that um, after we've had some music from Rick Parma. And this is Chocolate Cake, and this guy, Rick, is a jazz artist in California. So we'll be back after this.
Nice loaded. This is Afia Leatham from Frame Your Day with Afia, and here is your weekly devotion from Frame Your Day, Frame Your Life of Victory in 60 Seconds. Today, as you go forward in victory, let today be a day of simplicity. Keeping things simple will allow you to see the bigger picture and help you to remain focused on what is important. Don't let life fluster you. Laughing will help you get through. Keep your joy today and let nothing shake it or take it away. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Hashtag, we're laughing at life. Have a great day. God bless. Yeah.
listening to Ramsey Unleashed going beyond borders on heartsonglive.co.uk, your inspirational station. And welcome back to Ramsey Unleashed going beyond borders. That was uh, Rick Palmer giving me that chocolate cake. That was Stuart Daddy Etta, who is a belly, obviously belly of a drunken piano. He's going to be performing at the Edinburgh Festival again this year, 2018. I interviewed him last year when he did my Leonard Cohen tribute. Uh, great to chat to him, great to meet him and help with his show. Got to see the show, fantastic artists, fantastic music. So I look forward to interviewing, actually getting him in the studio this year and talking a bit more about the show that he's going to be doing at the Edinburgh Festival. He's Australian, he's sold out the Sydney Opera House in Australia. And uh, if you've not got anything to do, please come and listen, well, come and here, see the show in Edinburgh. I got a bit of tongue tied there, apologies. Uh, it's great to meet him again and I look forward to hearing more about what the belly of the drunken piano is about. So, uh, we're going to come back to our guest, the man. He's been speeding, he's like a speedster. He just zooms around the place. Uh, and that's not just in the train. And uh, <laughs> Winston Ben Clements. We thank Winston for being on the show. Uh, so, I'm going to go into your dating. Now, obviously, with somebody who has a disability, (laughs) and in the situation, (laughs) because you (laughs) tell that you're now 32, the the problems of when you're growing, obviously, going through life, you're thinking you're seeing all these people who are getting hooked up with their their girlfriends and maybe get married, and you're sitting there, well, you're there. um, So, when am I going to meet somebody? How does that? How do you deal with that? Um, I wasn't sitting there, Fraser. I was getting involved, as usual. <laughs> I, had to cheat. I stopped myself from saying that. That's why I did stop. Not literally. <laughs> so, but tell uh, me. Oh, yeah, it is, it is a little bit different, I think. Um, obviously... You know, you're disabled, you look different, and I guess if, uh, so for me, because I'm a guy, I guess, you know, if I compare myself to all the other guys in my class, then I'd probably imagine that I'm not, I wouldn't be the number one pick for, you know, for the really attractive girls uh, that were in my school. Um, But luckily for me, once again, going back to that mindset of, you know, I was sort of brought up to think that I wasn't much different to anybody else, despite my health condition. So in my situation, if I liked a girl, I didn't care if she was the prettiest girl in the school or, you know, whatever the situation, I would definitely approach her. And, you know, that's not to say that every girl that I approached said yes to me. But I was never shy of... Uh, Moving forward, sorry, say that again. What's your type? What kind of woman? What kind of what's well? What's your type of woman that attracts you? <laughs> attracts you? No, just uh, curious, curiosity. I mean, obviously, five feet, four feet, six feet, heels. Lot, no, we won't go into the details. But <laughs> well, this is a really bad question. It probably is a really bad question, but I might as well ask it because you're probably sitting there going. Damn, she's hot. And you're thinking, well, hey, nah, I probably got as much chance of, <laughs> more chance of winning the lottery or something. Than... 
But, but seriously, it's a, it's a question I'm sure most people in your situation are going through your head and thinking, well, what, so what is your type? Of, what, kind of, what are you looking for a woman? What's your type relationship wise? <laughs> Friends, I'll probably like the same kind of girls that you would like. <laughs> Which is? <laughs> but uh, I, I think, um, so for me, I've never really been one who's like, who's defined, uh, you know, a girl by how she looks mm-hmm. so much. In fact, most of my relationships have come from situations where I've been friends with a girl for a long time. Yes. And then we thought, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's date and see what happens, kind of thing. Right. Um. So, so that's sort of been how it tends to go with me, and like even uh, recently, well, not recently, a, a couple of years ago, I decided to try my luck on an online dating app because it seems like everybody's on online dating. So I thought I'd give it a go, and um, yeah, and and what I found was, you know, it was really hard for me. To connect with people, I mean, yeah, I I matched up with a couple of people and we went out for for a date, for a coffee, or for a meal. But I just found the whole thing like really superficial uh, because you know it's it's basically sort of ninety nine percent on looks. Where I think I'm the kind of guy who uh, who's attracted by a more deeper connection. Right. Okay. And, and and I'm hoping that all of this is making you sound good to all the ladies who are listening. <laughs> <laughs> when you when you went out, when you went on a date, did, just did you give her a backy on your chair? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, um, it depends, Frazier, because my chair can only carry a certain amount of weight. Right, okay. So it so, depends on who I was meeting for that coffee. Right. <laughs> 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 Sorry, love. I think you see the weight limit, not to be blunt. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's, it's not me. I didn't design the chair, but it's got a sticker on it that says maximum limit is X. So right. that's all we can do, I'm afraid. She didn't quite see to her, same. Have you heard of Weight Watchers? I recommend it. <laughs> no. So, I mean, for me, okay, talking about relationships, it's a thing to talk about with men. It's, di- it's, it's difficult being a man, you know? Women's movement these days. Anyway. It is hard. It is yeah. hard. You're right. It's, I mean, my type of girl is, I mean, I've, I, the majority of girl women I've dated are black, and hey, I like that. I don't know what, maybe you've gone for the white women. I don't know. Because I, I, but I wonder why they've not been successful. Well, not everything works out, you know what I mean? It's just it's one of these mm. things, you know. Uh, but you're, you're probably in a similar situation. We find that you're, we're just too nice, we're too nice, but nobody wants mm. to date us. You go, what would just smell? Am I reading the wrong deodorant or something? What's good? And you do wonder. It's <laughs> <laughs> a serious. You, you think about these things, you go, what's going on here? So. I'm, I'm nice. Yeah. What's wrong with me? I'm okay. I'm nice. What's wrong with me? So <laughs> it's, it's an interesting one because, like, you hear, you know, some people say that, you know, women they only go after the bad boys, and if you're too nice, then you're not going to get the girl. Um, but I, to be honest, I don't, I don't know if I believe in that. I, I just think, um, well, now what I'm starting to realize is you actually attract uh, what you are. 
And a lot of the time when, and, and I can relate to this myself, uh, when I was frustrated because I thought I was being nice, but I wasn't um, having success in relationships at that point, um, I think in reality, nice actually meant that I wasn't portraying confidence, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in, in, in who I am. And, you know, when, when you're, when you're not confident, Frazier, I think that is like a massive turn off, uh, not just for the opposite sex or for whoever you want to date, uh, but just for, for everybody that you're trying to attract in your life. And so I think, a lot of the time when I was saying, oh, but I'm a nice guy, you know, I should have more success and this kind of thing. Um, I was confusing the word nice with probably, you know, not being confident and, and sort of not expressing myself in the way that uh, maybe some of the other guys were doing. Because I thought, surely I've got a nicer personality than Frasier, for example. <laughs> sorry, sorry to use you. But, uh, you know, if, if you're out there and you're talking to people and you're showing people who you are, um, whereas I'm here sitting in the corner being nice but not really connecting with anybody, yeah. then chances are you're going to have more success than I am, even though we all know I'm a much nicer person than you are in reality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you agreed with that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well... I, well, Winston sent me some questions from a previous interview, and there's one question that did catch him off guard, which I'm not going to ask him, but uh, there's, there's too many questions that have double meanings in there. <laughs> but so I won't ask, I won't ask, no, uh, <laughs> you did get asked. Yeah, don't ask, don't ask that. No, question. no, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying not to laugh here. Uh, okay, you might as well, because suppose... people are curious now, so you might yeah, as well. Yeah, well, I suppose it's not. I suppose, it's not. She she, well, I suppose in a sense, she could have said, what pushes your buttons, but we wouldn't mean that's not another thing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, we'll go into that one, because it could... Oh uh, yeah, another another another, phrase, another there's another saying of it, but obviously. So what does push your buttons? There's never one going. To... <laughs> 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 no, I'm, I'm gonna have to tell I'm gonna have to tell people the story for this. So basically, <laughs> what happened was I was on I was on another podcast interview, and uh, my interviewer kindly decided to throw a bit of a wrench uh, in the work. <laughs> so you know, all the questions, I think she asked me about 12 questions in total. Uh And then we got to question 10 and she asked me what turns you on. And uh, at the time I, this caught me really off guard, which is why Frazier keeps giggling to himself over here. Uh, And I didn't really like, like my mind just went in a direction which uh, I didn't want (laughs) to (laughs) go. And, uh, I thought, nope, I'm sure she meant something else. So, <laughs> so the, uh, yeah, the, the nice answer to that question is, you know, because you're asking me, because nowadays I'm doing, I'm doing a lot of events and I'm connecting with people. Um, so she was asking me what, basically what excites me about that. And, um, and yes, and, and it's exactly that, you know, just being able to be that guy who can tell my story and inspire someone to 
to feel like they should look at themselves and 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 wonder, you know, if Winston can achieve A, B, and C, then what's my excuse? Because he's had a lot bigger challenges than I have. And if I'm able to inspire people um, in that way, then that is definitely a big turn on for me, friend. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad. That's good. That's good. <laughs> I'm going to change change a little bit here, just because because we're, we're both on that sort of wavelength. Too many euphemisms going on. Um, now that that was a post watershed question, Fraser. Yeah, yeah no, it's not even nine o'clock here. I know it's, it's crazy. Right, let tell mother's name. As now, a question that I know I did uh, ask you before uh, before we started going live was in a general, uh, a serious note. You, you with being when you hope to meet the right woman, then hopefully, uh, in with a, dis- a certain with people with certain disabilities, it can affect. Well, the 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 well, let's just say the meet and two veg department area. Can certainly everything is uh, no, see, it's not. I'm guessing it, but on a it can certain aspects can it can certainly affect things. Now, obviously, going forward, I'm guessing in the, that area, everything all works and is all cool. And well, so it's a weird, strange uh, asking you a question, but it's, just, it's, it's, it's a fact that obviously people do struggle with these things and with disabilities, and, and people can uh, making sure that it means what parts of their body work and don't work, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. obviously it's a fact of life. I mean, you probably, I don't know how easy or hard you find it is, especially <laughs> going to the, the wrong tra- wrong choice of word there, but going to the toilet, don't laugh, you're making it worse. <laughs> this is very, very good. Very badly going into the gutter, trying to avoid that. <laughs> oh, Winston, oh, Winston, you're going to stand up comedy, mate, you're cracking me up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, th- I think I think it's a it's a common misconception. Yes. So I think that you know a lot of people when they see somebody who's disabled, they assume that you know he's got even if it's a physical condition, they assume he's got some mental challenges as well, or he can't communicate, or he can't he or she can't have kids, and and all of these kind of things. Um, and, you know, whilst I'm sure it's true for some conditions, I don't think it should be a blanket assumption for everybody who has a disability yes. or a condition. Um, and to be honest, the best way to find out is to actually just approach that person and ask them directly. And, you know, even earlier when you asked me, you know, is everything okay, you know, in that department, I said, you know, I've literally never had any complaints <laughs> and you know uh my condition is it's a bone disorder so it's got nothing to do with uh with my vital organs so so yeah so to answer you um yeah meat and two veg is all good Fraser. <laughs> oh right okay no <laughs> Right, I'm gonna go to a more serious conversation now. Because, because, every, t- every time you say more serious, it just gets well, no, no, it no, just gets is, us into deeper trouble. No, 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 no. This I'm literally gonna dig seriously dig myself out this hole. Um, no, tell us about you've got a faith. Tell us about becoming a Christian and what made you what made what led up to you making the choice of becoming a Christian. And you briefly tell us about your mother, who's a survivor. She survived mm-hmm. cancer. Yeah. 
Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell us about your uh, faith uh, and tell us about your mum. You... Okay, cool. Uh, so faith-wise, um, short answer is, you know, I was always, uh, I grew up in a family that went to church. Mm-hmm. So I've always been brought up in a Christian household. So I got into a habit of um, obviously initially going to Sunday school, which is kids' church, mm-hmm. for anybody who doesn't know. And... And then as I got older, um, yeah, just participating in in the main church. So um, I guess I was brought up in like the Anglican church, which is uh, sort of quite traditional and conservative um, English uh, denomination of church. And and then as I got older, I obviously with my flamboyant personality. I needed a bit more excitement, even in church. So I started going to uh, Baptist churches here in London. Um, also, there's, a, there's an amazing church called Hillsong, sure. uh, which some of your viewers might know about. And uh, what I like about them is, you know, it's not the traditional vision that you might have of a church where, you know, everybody just sits down and sings from a hymn book. Um, it's it's more like a disco Frasier. You can literally go in there for two hours on a Sunday morning and feel like you've just been you've just been clubbing or something. So it's such a high energy, high vibe mm-hmm. uh, way of worshiping God, uh, which which I really enjoy. And um, and and yeah, and you know, my faith is really important to me uh, because, especially now, as I'm starting to to do the, the kind of work that I'm doing. Um, I'm starting to see that actually, you know, perhaps there was a reason why I was born, you know, different or with a condition. And that reason could be that I go out there and share my message and and help other people who might be in a dark place, hopefully start to see some light at the end of the tunnel. And I believe that's a mission um, given to me by God. Uh, tell us about your mum. Your mum had cancer. Uh, and tell us about how you... How long ago what that was and how you were dealing with it yourself? Yeah, yeah. So my mom has actually been uh, diagnosed with cancer twice and she's beaten it twice, so which is pretty amazing. Um, and I don't know if you've ever had uh, such a serious condition or illness in your family, Frasier, but uh, I guess it's just the, the sort of emotions that you'd expect. Obviously, you don't want to hear of a loved one who's got, who's been diagnosed with, with what could potentially be a terminal condition. And, um, and yeah, so it was scary. There was a lot of tears to begin with. And, um, and, and yeah, I think that the C word, uh, it carries so much stigma nowadays. Um, even with all the research and all the breakthroughs that are happening, uh, whenever you hear you know, somebody's been diagnosed with the C word, then it just it just sort of paints a really dark picture in your mind. Um, but what really helped is how my mom responded to it, because I think when you're faced with such a such a difficult um, illness and what could potentially be terminal, you know, you have people who are able to to pull out their resilience, and she actually ended up being the strength for all of us mm-hmm. because of how she 
you know, how she how she dealt with the condition, you know, there's a lot of painful procedures and treatments and drugs that she had to be on and, you know, it was difficult for us to watch uh, because, you know, there's a lot of side effects and, and then she was unable to do a lot of things for herself because of, of the seriousness of the illness. Um, but she went through the whole the whole process with almost like a big smile on her face. And, you know, I, I, I often have people, like I said, come to me and say, you know, how are you able to be out and about and smiling and stuff with your condition? In this case, you know, I was that person saying to my mom, you know, how, how are you able to to smile through such such a serious condition when, you know, if it was if it was many people, they would literally be, you know, so down and so dejected by by what they were going through. So it just shows that even for anybody listening, even in your darkest hour, you know, you always have a choice as to how you respond to whatever you might be facing. <clears throat> well, I lost my mum to cancer ten years ago this year. Um... So I know the what it's, sorry to hear that. I know the understand the, the, the feelings of going what, you, what you're going through. Was it the same type of cancer your mum had? Was it a different? Was it a different type? She had it. Uh, she had two types. So the first diagnosis, which was about four years ago, that was a breast cancer. Okay. And then the second one, which is more recent, about maybe seven or eight months ago. That was actually a brain tumor, oh so that was a lot more serious. So, Jeez. so she had to have like a big emergency operation to remove, uh, to remove this tumor. Um, but you know, she's she responded well to treatment, and and now she's looking a lot more like uh, her old self, which is is really great for us to see. Fantastic news! Fantastic news! Um, Thank you. Well, give it. We're going to take a two-second break, uh, and then we're going to I'll get you to close out anything that you want to say, um, and just to sort of inspire people and a, a good message, uh, and go from there. So back in mm-hmm. just a jiffy. You're listening to Edinburgh, Scotland's must-listen-to podcast on heartsonglive.co.uk, your inspirational station. Hi, this is Afia Lethem from Kingdom Beads, and we are proud to be a sponsor of Ramsey Unleashed, Going Beyond Borders on heartsonglive.co.uk. Yes, we have a, we're grateful to have a sponsor, Afia Lethem uh, from Kingdom Beads. Kingdom Beads is um, little beads or stones that she buys. She creates little, like, bra- uh, little bracelets. Like if there's men and there's a woman's version. You can create your own in different colours. Um, what they're, she's... By using a promo code UNLEASHED, uh, we're u- utilising that the a percentage of each sale that you buy will go towards a cancer project which has been support, um, run by myself, uh, a woman called Caroline Zamano and Lynn, in, I can't pronounce her last name, but never mind, <laughs> a woman called Lynn, we're doing to help raise money, two events for next year to raise money for cancer, uh, one in Edinburgh and in London. Um, the plan is to have on consecutive weekends, so on the 18th and the 25th of May, uh, we're looking to bring some artists over from Canada and the States uh, to perform and help bring their music across here, but also to help raise as much money for cancer as possible, have some music, food, dancing, uh, performances, speaking, etc. 
So any sales from uh, Kingdom Beads, you can go to ephialetham.com. The name, the website will be in the show notes afterwards on the podcast. So you can check out uh, that to find out where you can purchase some beads or design your own, even depending on what part of the world you're in. And you might be in a different country. You want the colours of your country, of your flag. So check out that. It'd be great. We appreciate Ephia from um, who's being a part of the show and a contributor and sponsoring as well. Also, shout out to Guy R. Cook, the Guy R. Cook Report, if you're interested in other podcasts. If you have EileenSmith.com. Um, Myself, edinburghdusters.co.uk, if you're looking for cleaning in Edinburgh, uh, happy to help you out. Uh, but as I say, you can also we have Engage Worship coming up in three weeks' time, um, maybe three weeks today, at the Assembly Rooms in George Street, when we have uh, uh, Philip Ahana, uh, Muiwa, and many other artists, people speaking and performing at Engage Worship in Edinburgh uh, 2018. So please feel free and uh, come along to that. It is free and get, and get your tickets at Engage Search Engage Worship, you'll find all the details there. Uh, also, if you're interested in other programmes on Hearts on Live, you can tune into Arise with Eloho Monday to Friday from 7 o'clock in the morning. So if you're awake and you at 7 o'clock UK time, if you, you can tune in. Uh, 2 o'clock in the morning Eastern time, 1pm Central time, 11pm uh, on the night before, uh, if you're in Pacific time. But uh, yeah, so we're back to Winston. Winston's going to give us a bit of a closeout and inspirational um, to people message to what he does now um, and what why because he's aiming to go into more speaking engagements, more uh, to talk, inspire people through what he does um, and about his life. So Winston's going to give us a bit of a, a what he what he's aiming for for the future, what his goals are, uh, and just a word of inspiration to you guys out there that this guy is not just let his disability beat him he is beating it by getting on with his life and he's not letting something by being in a wheelchair and being different affect his life he's being positive about it he's getting the most out of it now a lot of us in life are able-bodied are are got perfect can do all the things that he cannot do but he is taking his what his life to the next level each day, just not letting him be restricted. So if you think we are having problems or having a bad day, think of Winston. Think of this guy. Think of this guy who is making, just doing the opposite. If he can do what he can do, what he does now, and we're thinking what well, we're we're having a bad day or having problems, and we can do a lot of things. Thinking well, we're probably it's time for us to put our big girl panties on and say let's get a grip. This mm-hmm. guy's. Like if this guy's, we think we're in a bad state. This guy's got a lot more going for, going from than us. So don't let whatever you're going through, um, get you think about what you're going through and put it in perspective. Uh, I know we have bad days, and we get tired, understand that. But look at the people who are worse off than you guys, and the people who are making an effort. So Winston, give us a bit of a inspirational talk, but and tell us what you're thinking of the future and, and what your plans are and what you aim are aiming to do. Yeah, yeah, sure. Thanks, Fraser. I think for me in the future, you know, my goal is to just connect with as many, continue to connect with as many people, Fraser, because like you suggested, you know, I feel like I have a, a unique opportunity here because of my story. And, you know, as I mentioned before, I believe that this is now my calling to just go out there and share my message. And uh, one of the things that I like to say nowadays, which is a bit of a catchphrase for me, is that your limitations are an illusion. And I think because we live in a world where 
people are trying to put us in boxes all the time, Frazier. And, you know, that could be for different reasons, you know, not necessarily disability. It could be related to, you know, your gender, your background, if you have a poor background or something, or your finances, or even your sexual orientation. You know, people want to put you in these boxes and and define you by those, um, I guess, those limitations. Um, but you know, my mission is to just go out there and show you that you can actually, you can actually thrive, you can actually succeed. And I guess one thing that I can say is that if somebody like me, with all, all the challenges and all the physical uh, problems that I faced, um, growing up and even today, if I'm able to come out into the real world and you know and be successful, you know, at a few things and be able to achieve a bunch of things which not many people thought would be possible for me, then, you know, what's your excuse? And, you know, I just hope that, you know, by being up there and even by being on this amazing um, interview today, and thanks again, Frazier, that people will actually, you know, just take a look at themselves and see that, you know, we all have unlimited potential and... It's just that at the end of the day, we have a choice as to how much of that potential we decide to exercise and and take advantage of. And um, yeah, I hope I hope that was useful for somebody who's listening. And Fraser, thanks again for having me on on your show. So that's what I say to for those who are happy listening. And Ramsey on these going beyond borders is about not about me. I'm just literally helping. You guys out there, if you've got an inspiring story like Winston, like Desiree Lee, like Altavis, like Tammy, who I've previously interviewed so far, if you have a story that you want to get out there or something, you've got a message or you can tell wherever you've come from in life and you want to share that, this is, and you want to get your brand in Scotland on Hearts on Live Radio in Edinburgh, connect with us, connect, give me a shout via the, you can just search Ramsey Unleashed on um, Facebook or you can, you'll find us on Twitter as well. Connect with me. I want to, uh, if you want to get, you've got an inspirational story to share. Love to hear it. Love to, if you've got music and you're an upcoming artist and you give me a shout as well, I'd love to be able to play your music and uh, share uh, your platform uh, with the rest of the world uh, via Scotland and the UK and worldwide. So uh, please uh, get in touch. My aim is just simply to interview people and inspire people by listening to some great stories from great guests. Uh, who I'm so grateful for, and um, you've got we've got so many more people coming up in the future. Uh, next week we have Chipo Chitiwi, uh, who I've, I've interviewed before, but we're going to chat about something completely different. Uh, as I say, we are going beyond borders, uh, and it's, we are going to be having some great, passionate stories from people uh, going forward. So please keep tuning in on a Saturday, eight o'clock. Obviously, depending on wherever wherever you are in the world, or you're always getting on the podcast, you'll get the links from each guest where you can connect with these people if you want to find out a bit more about them, where you can uh, maybe book them for a, a speaking engagement or whatever, or buy their product. Uh, but it's great to it's great to be able to interview these guys and feel inspired and feel challenged to know that we don't let things... If, if you want to change your life, if you want to move forward, there is a way. If you can just look at Winston, you can do it, so don't give up. So thank you, Winston, for being a part of the show. Thank you for being with us. And to everybody who has been listening, uh, we appreciate the 
and you listening and as I say give us feedback we're always looking for feedback we always want to improve and go forward and to make sure we're giving you the best show possible and we say thank you and good night